Welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford, Woking and Aldershot in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. Well, the former uh, Arsenal manager, Arsene Wenger, famously said, Christmas uh, is important, but Easter is decisive. Mm-hmm. Christmas is important, Easter decisive. Now, of course, he wasn't talking about faith. He was talking about football and the transfer window. But he could easily have been talking about faith because, of course, even more wonderful than the fact that God became a human being, was born in that stable, the the story that we celebrate at Christmas is the story we celebrate today at Easter, that God in Jesus Christ died for us and then three days later came alive again from the grave. That is the single most important event in human history. And it is in that historical, historically attested event that we find hope, not just for this life, but for the life to come. And so we're going to focus now on that story, reading one of the original Bible accounts. This is John chapter 20, and Sammy's going to read verses 11 to 22. Hmm. (laughs) So Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, She bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I'll get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I've seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them 
and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Mary's journey means so much to me, perhaps even more so this year. It's been a really strange and deeply moving experience having the church going through this God Unmute series over the last five weeks. And also knowing that hundreds of churches around the world are doing the Prayer Course 2 series because, of course, the God Unmute series that Pete wrote was written about me, you know, about the health struggles that I had after Daniel, our second son, was born, when I had a brain tumour and then had seizures that were unable to be controlled with medication for eight years. It's about my questions, my hurt and my discovery of God in the midst of it all. And it's how Pete and I journeyed through the pain of unanswered prayer together. And even though I'm beginning to walk away from the turmoil of those dark times now, I still find them painful to recall. But I'm so glad that Pete wrote the book. And my prayer is that it can help someone somewhere struggling with their own unanswered prayers to find the hope that they so desperately need. Recalling the memories surprises us both. It brings us to tears and crying out to God and yet we also end up thanking him in amazement for the ways that he's brought us through our valley. So this Easter my prayer is that there'd be resurrection hope brought to your life as I speak to you today. So this series that we've just been through has traced Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and now here we are at Easter Sunday, the most wonderful day of the Easter of, of the Christian calendar. So I just simply want to tell you what a difference it's made to me to know that Jesus is alive. I hope you will agree that we've been really honest this series about the questions and the hurts and the struggles of life. So today, I want to be equally as honest about my hope in Jesus. You see, I didn't always grow up as a Christian. As a young teenager, I found home life really difficult. I never felt good enough for my mum and dad. There were constant arguments at home. So in the end, I used to go out as I felt that it was easier and nicer to be out than um, and with my friends at pubs than to be at home. I started going out with boys and uh, at 13 I was dating a barman because I looked 18 and I could get my friends drinks. I was never serious with boys though because deep down I never believed in love. I thought that all love meant was lust or control. You see, by the age of 15 I'd had some experience of sexual assault. So I felt that love was something that just couldn't be trusted. 
I started to timing because as soon as someone told me they loved me, it was the word that I least wanted to hear. Um, but I didn't want to let anyone down either. So rather than telling them that I didn't want to see them, I'd just, I'd, I'd just stopped seeing them so much. Um, in my mind, I was telling them I didn't want to go out with them, but not in theirs. So by the age of 16, I was seven-timing. When I was 17, I was first introduced to Jesus when my sister took me along to a Christian concert that was a bit like the big church day out. At the end, someone gave me what I thought, someone, someone gave out what I thought was a notice um, asking if anyone wanted details of more concerts like these. And they, they sort of said, if you want to come along to more like these, then come up to the front. What they were actually doing was inviting people to become Christians. So I love music, so I went up to the front and unwittingly, became a false Christian. A few months later, to cut a long story short, I went to a church meeting and a lady there had a word of knowledge from the Holy Spirit and said that there was someone in the meeting who'd said they were a Christian, but they just didn't know Jesus. I utterly panicked as I really didn't want to stand out. So I just stayed in my seat. And then this lady did something that I've never seen anyone do since. Again, she went up to the microphone again and she said, no one's come to see me, but I'm convinced there's someone here and you've said that you are a Christian, but you just don't know Jesus. And I'd love to pray with you to get to know him. And that was it for me. I had goosebumps and electricity all over me. I just knew I had to go and see her. She prayed for me to get to know Jesus and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I felt so happy, so peaceful and so loved. A tangible sense of love filled me that day as I was prayed for. The love of God changed me forever. You know, some people have said to me, how can you believe in God when you've been through so much? But I see it the other way around. I think how could I have gone through so much without believing in God? You see, I'd still have had a brain tumour and chronic epilepsy if I hadn't become a Christian. But knowing Jesus has made all the difference in the world. And there are three particular ways that knowing Jesus has made all the difference to me. Firstly, it's about having God's presence in the pain. I've known the comfort of God's presence with me in the hard times, 
in the hospital wards, he's been with me in the MRI scanner, and even in the agony and indignity of seizures. I've never felt that I've had to go it alone. As he promises in Psalm 23, he is always with me. And the cross tells me that he understands the pain and the indignity, the loss of control and the loneliness and the feelings of total despair. You know, everyone suffers in life, but as Christians, we don't have to go it alone. I honestly don't know how people could do it alone. And secondly, God brings purpose out of the pain. It's only as I look back on all that's happened in my life that I can see how God's turned all that happened into some sort of purpose. My questions into hope. And I can start to see some of the wonderful ways that he's working through the prayer course and Pete's book and even this series to bring comfort and hope to others. As 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3 tells us, praise the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And as I look to move forward, one of the areas I feel God calling me into is counselling. I'm in my final year with Waverley now and I'm volunteering in a means-tested counselling agency, which I find so fulfilling. I really do love it. God is really enabling me to turn my situation round to bring comfort to others out of the comfort I received from him. I would never have guessed it possible when I was in the midst of the pain. And thirdly, we can know God's power out of death. My faith in Jesus means that I have hope not just for this life, but for eternity. And in that sense, death really has lost its sting. I remember just before my brain surgery, I just could not sleep. My prognosis was that without the surgery, I was not going to survive. However, the surgery itself was risky. So I couldn't sleep until I'd written a letter to each of my three boys, Pete, Hudson and Daniel, who was just seven weeks old at the time. Then as soon as I'd finished my letters, I felt at last I was able to sleep. I had this firm assurance and a deep conviction that no matter what happened, we would one day meet again. And I was able to know that and be peaceful in that because death had lost its sting for me. We still grieve 
our hearts still break, but we can know death is not the end. We will one day rise with him. Pete. Thanks, honey. Uh, she was so nervous about sharing that story, but you did great. That was absolutely brilliant. This year, I guess we've all been confronted with uh, the fragility of life and the reality and the tragedy of death. And so the story that Sammy shared of her own situation is just one, of course, of thousands, millions. And we're aware that our story is um, much easier than many people's tragedy. The truth is, though, that we all need to know the hope that Sammy's been describing that's come into her life, not growing up a Christian, meeting Jesus. I love what she said about that I'd gone through the tough stuff regardless of whether I was a Christian or not, but being a Christian means that I had God's presence with me, I had his purpose, and I had the hope of even life beyond death. And that's what we've been singing about in our worship. That's the experience of the different people who shared their testimonies on the video earlier. And of course, ultimately, it was the story of Mary Magdalene in the Bible passage that Sammy read. Uh, there at the tomb of Jesus. It's interesting, isn't it, that Easter Day doesn't actually start with hope. It starts with despair. Mary is standing outside the tomb, we're told, weeping. Her heart is broken. Her dreams are shattered. All hope is gone. I'm sure that some of those watching this now can relate to that. Your hope is gone. Your heart has been broken. You feel perhaps deeply afraid about the future. And notice that Mary is at the tomb out of blind duty. I mean, what's the point? Jesus is dead. But she's just kind of going through the motions, doing the right thing, out of her love for Jesus, even though he can't reciprocate in any way, she thinks she is being faithful. And it may be that you feel like that. Maybe you're a Christian. But you just feel, I'm just doing the right thing, even by, you know, being at this church service now. Or it may be that you wouldn't normally come to church, but, you know, someone's encouraged you, you've stumbled upon this online. And, and it's just sort of going through the motions, you're not sure if there's really any point. And then, isn't it interesting that Mary mistakes the resurrected Jesus for a gardener. I love this. Maybe in your own life, God is standing there right in front of you, but you kind of haven't quite recognized him. Maybe he's speaking to you through your circumstances and you didn't know that it was him. One writer says, Christ comes to us disguised as our lives. 
we always expect God to like, you know, yell and, you know, turn up with booming voice, flashing lights, you know, wear hobnail boots. But my experience, and certainly the experience of Mary here in this garden, and of those who shared today, is that mostly God tiptoes and whispers. He is subtle and slow. And that means that often we can miss him. I wonder how God is speaking to you. It's interesting that his first words to Mary are a question, why are you crying? And then he speaks her name, Mary, and she realizes it's him. Jesus sees your pain and he knows your name. Let me say that again. Jesus sees your pain. Why are you crying? And he knows your name. And then, of course, for Mary, the lights went on. Hope broke in. She found in that moment her destiny. We're told that she became the apostle to the apostle. That's what Thomas Aquinas said. The first witness to the resurrection of Jesus is a woman with a broken background. A woman. Even today, there are some people who try and bar women from all sorts of different roles, even in the church. But here we see that the apostle to the apostles, the first evangelist, the first witness to the resurrection of Jesus, the first person to encounter him is Mary Magdalene. She steps into her destiny at this moment. So perhaps today, this Easter day, you are wondering if it's all true. You're maybe looking for your own sense of purpose in pain, as Sammy's described. You would love to know the presence of God, the way Sammy's talked about it, the way that the people on the video talked about it, the way we've been singing about it, the way that Pollyanna has described Jesus breaking into her life over the last year, the way that Mary experienced the presence of God. You can know the presence of God. You don't have to just vaguely believe in his existence and cross your fingers and hope it might be true. You can know Jesus. You can have a relationship with Jesus because he's alive and he sees your pain and he knows your name and he has died to have friendship with you. Maybe you are looking for answers at the end of a very tough year. Maybe you feel like this is time for a fresh start. Listen, there is no better day of the year to start a relationship with Jesus Christ, to meet Jesus, to become a Christian than Easter Day. And I'm going to tell you now how you can become a Christian today, the 4th of April 2021. That for the rest of your life, you'll look back and say, at that moment, I made the decision that changed the destiny of my life. I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And maybe uh, some of you have been thinking about doing this for a while. And I'm here to say you'll never have all the answers, but it's time to seal the deal. It's trying, time to take that step of faith. Or maybe this is all a little bit new to you, but in your heart of hearts, a bit like Pollyanna was saying, you just sense, I need this. 
And so I want to invite you to make the decision now. Or maybe you've been far away from faith in Jesus. You used to believe, but you've been away. It's time to come home. Jesus died on that cross in order that we might be forgiven for the wrong things we've all done. Our world is clearly broken. But if we're honest, each one of us is also broken. Each one of us carries all kinds of pain in our lives. Each one of us, the Bible says, has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've messed up. We've been selfish in thought and word and deed. The good news is that Jesus died to erase the sin, to heal your wounds, to forgive you and give you a fresh start, a new day, a new song, a new hope, a new joy, a new life in relationship with him. When he came back to life, he says, listen, I can raise you up and take the sting of death away for you. And all we have to do is say yes. Confess and then commit. You confess, you say, clean me up. I've messed up, clean me up. Forgive me my sin. And then you commit, you say, count me in. Clean me up, count me in. And so I'm going to lead a prayer now. And if you're saying, I want to do this. I need to know Jesus. I want to meet Jesus. I want to put him first and follow him for the rest of my life. I want to be a Christian. I'm inviting you right now to do it. I know some of you are thinking it's a bit weird to do it staring at a screen. But you know what? There's never a perfect time. But make the decision. Life's not like the movies, you know, you don't suddenly kind of get the orchestra and you know, tune up and the soft filter kick in. This is your moment. Make the decision. It'll be the best decision you've ever made to surrender your life to Jesus. And so I'm going to pray now. And there's going to be two steps to the prayer to exactly where we're going. The first is this. I'm going to pray a prayer that you can just quietly whisper. You can pray with me from your heart, really meaning it. God will hear you. And that prayer is saying to God, I'm sorry for messing up. I'm sorry. I'm a sinner. I, I confess. I admit it. Clean me up. Give me a fresh start. Forgive me my sins. Thank you that when you died on that cross, you did it for me. And the second part of the prayer is going to be this. Count me in. It's going to be, God... I want to be a Christian. I want to follow you. I'm going to put you first for the rest of my life. So if you've never done this and you want to become a Christian, if you used to be a Christian but you know it's time to come back, I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me now that I'm going to pray and just really mean this in your heart. And those of you who already know Jesus, pray now because people around uh, the world probably in different screens are about to give their lives to Jesus Christ, the risen Jesus. So let's pray together now. You may find it helpful just to open your hands in front of you. Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you died on that cross so that I could be forgiven my sins. I confess I'm a mess. I admit that I am a sinner. I'm so sorry. Would you clean me up? Would you forgive me my sins? Would you give me a fresh start this Easter day? 
And Jesus, if you will forgive me, I will put you first for the rest of my life. I want to be a Christian. I want to follow you. Clean me up and count me in. Amen. Guys, if we were in a room together, there'd be applause right now. I'd be wanting to give you a hug. Someone over there would be crying. I'm sorry it's weird that you're on one side of a screen and I'm on another. But I want to say this. God's with you by his spirit. And I pray now that he would fill you with his spirit, that his love and joy and new hope would flood into your life. And this would be the beginning of a relationship with Jesus Christ that goes on for the rest of this life and into the next.